listeners. Welcome to the I... Chikorita episode of Export Audio. <laughs> listeners, I have to tell you something. Do you have to? I want to roast you. I want to roast you. You've given me an opportunity. You just started doing the whole welcome to Chikorita episode 152. Uh-huh. You started saying that, and I thought you were doing a joke. And then you kept going, and you threw to me, and I realized you didn't know we weren't recording. <laughs> this is a human error. <laughs> I'm human. Sorry, I'm going to mute my line notifications, so hopefully um, you don't hear more little bleep bleeps. Anyway. That's not what it sounds like. Whatever. Um, listeners? Welcome. Hmm. I worked a very long day, uh, and so... I was so, thinking about putting this in the War on Our Stars feed. <laughs> and so, we watched Obi-Wan, and we feel very passionately about it. Yeah. But if my energy levels drop off, I apologize. <clears throat> I had a hard day at work, but we couldn't not podcast after finishing Obi-Wan. We had to. So it was game six of the NBA Finals for X4. <laughs> Who won? Uh, Obi Wan. Disney. Obi Wan won. Ben is triumphant in his confrontation with Darth. That's a perverted sentence you just said. <laughs> um, I guess that's true. Do we want to do non-spoilers? No. Just give me three sentences of your thoughts on Obi-Wan, non-spoilers. Uh, it's bad, it sucks, I hate it. I don't know. <laughs> Is that... Um, how are you feeling about the state of Star Wars? <sighs> Having watched the show, how are you feeling about the Disney Plusification of Star Wars? How did they take it back to cereal and then decide, you know what a cereal doesn't need? (laughs) An opening fucking text crawl. (sighs) Sure, that's what Star Wars was inspired by, but... Or Disney, we have better ideas. Like? Like splicing in other characters to make you remember what this character is thinking about when they're being dramatic. Remind the viewer what Obi-Wan is thinking purely by showing you slides of his brain in that moment. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other general questions before we enter the spoiler zone. This is not a, sp- a spoiler-friendly podcast. Like, yeah. You would know that. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, then It's let's... about Obi-Wan. We're putting it out when Obi-Wan just finished. Let's get into it, I guess. Um, do you... Sorry, I should lean a little closer to the microphone. I apologize. Fine, I'll pull up no. the summaries. I was going to ask, do you want to go through this episode by episode, or do you want to just talk broadly? I mean, I am always talking broadly. On account of being well, give a broad. Me some, give, me some epi- ep- give me some episode summaries. I'll read them, and then we'll... Um... Oh, here's people also ask, what is Obi-Wan's full name? Who Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Ben Kenobi. Yeah, for a while he has, yeah. Here. Can uh, you? Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm going. Meow, meow. 
Said ten years after the events of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. Um, oh, do they not ep- have... Epi- oh, episodes. Three. What? The three in the table of contents. This is terrible audio. The fuck? You just said three. Yeah, here we go. Here's the good paragraph per episode. All right. Um, I'll read these quick as I can, and then we can kind of go through episode by episode some thoughts. And then just talk broadly at the end, maybe. Um, ten years after Order 66, most of the Jedi Order were killed. The Grand Inquisitor, um, fifth brother and third sister, find a surviving Jedi, Nari, on Tatooine. Reva, the third sister, grows impatient and attempts to kill him, forcing the Grand Inquisitor to stop her, allowing Nari to escape. None of this matters. Grand Inquisitor expresses disapproval for Reva's recklessness when, fi- when finding another surviving Jedi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who, unbeknownst to them, is also on Tatooine. Under the alias Ben, Kenobi works in a meat factory and watches over Luke, the son of former blah blah blah. He is haunted by memories of his past and is unable to communicate uh, with his former master, Qui-Gon Jinn, through the Force. Kenobi refuses to help Nari and uh, later sees his corpse hanging in town. On Alderaan, Anakin's daughter Leia, who was adopted by Kenobi's acquaintance, Senator Bail Organa, <laughs> is kidnapped by Vect No Cruise Gang, <laughs> a group of bounty hunters hired by Glup Shido to lure Kenobi. Reva. Reva, the main antagonist who's getting her own show now. Organa contacts Kenobi and pleads with him to rescue Leia. Kenobi refuses at first, but relents after Organa personally meets with him. So, first of all, very funny Vect No Crew. Because he's he's got no crew because they're dead. <laughs> um, also, explaining this to somebody who's never seen Star Wars. Some of his former apprentice turned enemy, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> um, how did you feel going into this first episode? Or how did you feel after this first episode? Did this get you off on the right foot? No. No. Sucks. This is a dreadful fucking episode. My problem with this whole show overall is that it is too dark, and that starts from episode one, I think. I don't think it's too dark, except physically. I think it's too dark. I mean, episode three ends with a man burning alive on screen and screaming, I hate you, while his flesh melts off of his face. Like, I think that, like, for 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 years, for (laughs) years, like... Obi-Wan has been a heroic figure, you know? Mostly. Yeah. He is a he is a beloved heroic character. He is a complicated figure, not in the sense of being intricate, being complicated by... Different him, interpretation. Him, him being kind of, of a scumbag in the movies, where he's like, Well, what I said was true... From a certain point... Look, just kill your dad, please. Please? (laughs) I don't even think that's scumbag behavior. Hey, I raised you to think you were special. Now go kill your dad. I don't even think... (laughs) It's a little manipulative. I mean, it's like... The same shit Dumbledore... Dumbledore is a yeah, scumbag a for great, doing that, this. That is, a, that is a great defense to pull for Ben. No, I'm saying... like Dumbledore. I'm saying... When Dumbledore does this... I'm just saying this, it is it's... common interpretation 
for Obi-Wan to, yes, be the heroic knight, be the iconic knight-type Jedi, mm -hmm. and also, in public awareness, he's also, like, the guy that kind of talks out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway. The negotiator. And so, I have this image of where he's at post, like, Revenge of the Sith, and then this episode is very much just, like, no, he has become a person who is going to let innocent people die to protect himself. He smiles all the time in, in the movie. Yeah, he's a fucking Kelsier. No. He's just having a good time. He's like, oh, I'm an old man. I used to be, I used to do stuff and like kill guys, but I'm chilling in the desert. It's really hot. Hey, how's it going? That's the kind <laughs> of like Ben. Like, he's very, you know. Having a good time. Anything else you want to hit on in this first episode? Um, Leia's too girl bossy and too small. <laughs> we don't get much Leia, but yeah. Um, this very much introduces her as a girl boss from age 10. Um, <clears throat> part two, after the tracking kid... After tracking the kidnappers to the planet... Kenobi encounters uh, con man Haja Estri, who pretends you, to be a Jedi. What was this planet? <laughs> Haja. What was directs... the planet named? <laughs> Dayu. Dayu? Yeah. Okay, will this be important later? No. Oh. Haja directs Kenobi to Leia's location where he defeats the kidnappers and rescues her. The Grand Inquisitor learns of their presence and puts the city on lockdown. Riva dis disobeys orders and places a new bounty on Kenobi, causing mercenaries around the city to target him and Leia. At this moment, they get into a gunfight, and then Leia gets imperiled, and then Obi-Wan goes to save her and is no longer in the gunfight, and I don't know why that gunfight didn't... The gunfight goes away. It disappears. <laughs> they're in the middle of a gunfight, and then they're just not. She falls <laughs> off the building, and it was, whoa, I didn't sign up for a child murder. I'm gonna <laughs> dip. And then Obi-Wan just uses the Force to save her, and then the, he's out of the gunfight. There's no gunfight, because it cuts to him coming downstairs. Yeah, there, it is he, not explained why the bounty hunters stopped pursuing this him. This is also, we really liked John Wick. <laughs> I just, I don't, it's not explained why the bounty hunters stopped shooting at him. It's, he talks them down off screen. Um... Haja finds them and directs them to an unguarded cargo port from which they can escape, but cannot stop Riva from following them. Riva reveals to Kenobi that Anakin, whom Kenobi believed to be dead, is still alive as Darth Vader. <gasps> the Grand Inquisitor arrives to arrest Kenobi himself, but Riva stabs him with her lightsaber, inadvertently allowing Kenobi and Leia to escape. On Mustafar, Vader awakens in a back to tank. Um, I thought the introduction of Vader was cool. Yeah. I thought it was fun when it just cuts to him and it's horror movie strings. Well. Otherwise, I thought this episode sucked. We already talked about it. Yeah. Every, everything I said about episode one carries forward to this one. I mean, Kamel's doing a good job. Kamel is having so much fun I hated episode. him at first, and then I was, like, growing on him more. Even if he is just playing the same character he was in... Eternals. Yeah. He's kind of like this selfish, like, manipulative guy, but, oh, he's got a heart of gold. It, it is just kind of fun to just, like, look at a guy's face and know he's like, I'm in Star Wars. 
I get to be in a Star Wars movie. Um, part three. Sorry. Were you going to say something? No, but Haja will be in more things. I'm sure. I'm sure. In his fortress on Mustafar, Vader res... In his mistress... <laughs> it is mistress on Mustafar. It is mistress on Mustafar. He's he's in his mistress's feet. Okay. Vader instructs Riva to find Kenobi, promising to promote promote her to Grand Inquisitor if she succeeds. Kenobi and Leia's transport lands on the mining planet Mapuzo, and they proceed to the rendezvous provided by Haja. Finding no one there, they take a ride on an Imperial transport. They are discovered, and Imperial troops are sent to capture them, but they receive help from a female Imperial officer. Tala, who is a member of the Path, an underground network that hides dissidents and outlaws hunted by the Empire. She escorts them to a secret subterranean passageway, but before they leave, Vader and the Inquisitors arrive and begin to harm innocent bystanders to lure Kenobi. Kenobi sends Leia and Tala ahead while he provides a distraction. He is eventually confronted by Vader, who overpowers Kenobi with his force choke and burns him, leaving him in pain. Tala provides a distraction to save Kenobi, but Leia is captured by Reva. Um, I hated this. How does the sentence, Tala provides a distraction to save Kenobi, but Leia is captured by Reva, sound... To a person 20 years ago. (laughs) I hate this. I Mm -hmm. hate that Obi-Wan and Anakin fight at all in this series. Um, I hate... It's kind of fun when Vader first walks on the screen. That's kind of fun. And he's, like, very menacing. But then... This show goes to great pains to remind you that that's Anakin. Anakin and Vader are the same person, and we don't always necessarily... There's a cultural perception of them as, like, separate, but, um... He was Darth Vader before he got burned. Yeah. Um, so... What am I looking for here? This show goes to great pains to remind you of that connection that those are the same person not two separate people um but meanwhile now that it's reminded you oh here's anakin that protagonist you like from clone wars and uh, all sorts of things the 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 kid you saw grow up here's him murdering children this was in the movie i know but like this is in the movie but this really belabors the point like uh, well well okay and the difference between this and the movie, one, I think it's really dark to show. The, the amount of child murder in this show is really alarming. <laughs> um, like, child murder appears in all six episodes. That's not true. Yes, that's true. I don't think so. Anyway. They only put the content warning on four of them, I think. So, but also, like... The, the thing that differentiates this from the attack at the Jedi Temple is that Vader gets out of the ship and he starts walking down the city street and killing people while Obi-Wan watches. And Obi-Wan decides to let those people die. Obi-Wan does not come out of hiding. Um, and it's just weird 
to just like watch this person who is supposed to be the protagonist permit innocent people to die for him. Mm-hmm. That's just not a very protagonisty thing, I think. It's a Han move. I believe it from a Han type, from a Boba type. Yeah, not but... from the general Obi Wan Kenobi. General Kenobi, the negotiator, Jedi Master, <clears throat> member of the Council, member of the Council. This isn't like, oh, Hondo would do this. Yeah. Hondo would do anything. But he won't do that. He swore to, like, protect the people of the Republic, and... The Republic's dead. Man, that, that shit ain't matter. <sighs> How did you like him lighting him on fire as karmic retribution? It's weird that this show, just jumping ahead a little bit, gives Vader one huge dub and Kenobi one huge dub, and then they're just tied at the end. It's weird. I guess it makes sense. They shouldn't have fought more than once to begin with. They shouldn't have fought hardly at all, I don't think. Unless you want to open every episode with sparring between Clone Wars, Hmm. or Padawan, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. Like... It's weird that they fight at all, um, and it's weird that, like... I wish fully half the show had been Anakin and Obi-Wan growing out on, like, pre-Clone Wars adventures. <laughs> they could have done an Arrow thing. Yeah. Oh, man, they could have done an Arrow thing. Yeah. It's new Star Wars. You're allowed to break the timeline. Yeah. Anyway, um... I interrupted you. No, no, no. It's fine. Uh, this fight made sense to me because I was like, oh, yeah, Anakin's gone to the dark side. He should just beat the hell out of Obi-Wan. And he does. Mm-hmm. And he just beats the hell out of him. Which then makes it weird in episode six where it's not just that Obi-Wan wins their fight in episode six, but Obi-Wan beats the shit out of Vader. Yeah. Like, has him within an inch of his life. It's not... I thought they were going to duel to, like, a draw, sort of, but Obi-Wan has the upper hand. But he beats the shit out of Vader. After Vader collapses a bunch of rocks on him. Yeah. And then he remembers his friends, and like Sora in Kingdom Hearts, (laughs) he gains the Force Unleashed power. I was gonna say, it's like the Spider-Man, he lifts a heavy thing. Sure, it's literally that. It's literally that. But it's also, he becomes Starkiller for a minute and starts hitting his QTEs. Was that episode three? No, I was talking about six. Yeah, no, I just... Do I want to keep reading these? Oh, yeah, because part four was the worst episode. Is it? Maybe. Part four is the heist. Having escaped Vader on Mapuzo, (laughs) Kenobi and Tala arrive at a PATH facility on Jabim. Meanwhile, Leia, who's now being interrogated for details on the PATH by Riva, is held by a fortress Inquisitors. The stronghold headquarters uh, of the Inquisitors... Located on Nur, Kenobi and Tala plan to infiltrate the fortress to rescue Leia. Once inside, Kenobi discovers a trophy vault filled with preserved corpus- corpses of Jedi who had been captured and killed, including a youngling. The manage- they manage to rescue Leia, and Tala's cover is blown, and their presence is revealed. They eventually escape with help from the path commander, Roken, and his guerrilla troops. Vader, angered, uh, angered throughout the events... 
moves to kill Reva for her failure, but spares her when she reveals she had attached a tracker to Leia's companion droid Lola in anticipation of a rescue. You know what was a better uh, heist than this episode? The first episode of Strange New Worlds. Oh, yeah. They have the same scene. Yeah. Where, like, she doesn't know if her card's gonna work, and he doesn't know if his eye scan is gonna work. That first episode of Strange New Worlds was pretty good. We should watch more yeah, of those. Yeah, we should watch more of those. Uh, this one was boring. It's weird. Is it a is it an Inquisitorious fanboy thing to capture all of Vader's kills in Amber forever? Or is that Vader doing that? Hey, it's I feel weird. Like, I feel like Vader doesn't come by Inquisitorious that much. I feel like he doesn't, like, go to the dorms. It's weird, <laughs> right? That... Not that... The, not that the Inquisitors have the corpse of a child preserved in amber, but that you see the corpse of a child preserved in amber in a Disney show. To be fair, the first one they show you is Sinube. Also, while um, you enter... So Obi-Wan is going down the hall where there are child corpses all around. And... Intercut with this is Leia in the next room being strapped into a torture machine and, like, you know, the 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 laser is, like, coming toward her and whatever, you know? Just like in Chippendale. <laughs> sure. The, the machine that rewrites you into a legally distinct cartoon. You remember when we read Splinter of the Mind's Eye and Leia was, like, so scared of being tortured? You know, like it would come up like constantly that, oh, she hated being tortured. She was so scarred and traumatized. Imagine if every mention of that in Splinter in the Mind's Eye and the time she was nearly tortured (laughs) when she was 10. But also, Luke is so hot for her. But she's a princess. Princess and a guy like me. uh, Would never work. 13 years prior, Kenobi trains Anakin in lightsaber control on Coruscant. Where he criticizes combat. Anakin. Lightsaber combat. combat. <laughs> what did I say? Lightsaber control, which is kind of <laughs> same. I'm controlling my saber in your area. <laughs> Where he criticizes Anakin for his aggressive actions in the present, tracking Kenobi's location to Jabim. Vader promotes Riva to Grand Inquisitor. The Empire arrives to besiege the facility and deactivates the escape doors. To stall for time, Kenobi negotiates with Reva and deduces that she knows Vader's true identity and sh- as she has witnessed his massacre at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant when she was a youngling. She reveals um, she wanted to gain Vader's favor to kill Vader for revenge rather than serve him. The facility is breached, with Tala sacrificing herself to save Kenobi. Realizing they cannot win, Kenobi surrenders and is taken to Reva. There, he convinces Reva to kill Vader when she delivers Kenobi to him. But they botched that plan so hard by just not doing it right. Meanwhile, Leia opens the doors after removing Lola's tracker, allowing the path to escape before Vader besieges the facility. Reva uses this opportunity to attempt to kill Vader, but is quickly overpowered after a brief duel and stabbed. She is left for dead, and the grand, original Grand Inquisitor arrives to reaffirm his status as the path network escapes. Reva fails. Lilililila. Reva finds... Bail Organa's message to Kenobi's transmitter, revealing Luke's location on Tatooine. Um, we didn't talk about this yet. Um, the Grand Inquisitor is the best part of this show. 
Yeah. He's only in like 15 minutes of a six episode show. But he's fantastic. He's really good. He's different here than he is in other media, but it's good. He's just like weirdly camp. The Jedi Code is like an itch. You're not gonna... No, no, no. I couldn't remember that line, and then I couldn't remember his other line. The other line I really liked. Revenge. Revenge does wonders for the will to live, Reva. Wouldn't you say? First sister. Third. Third sister. Um, This was dumb. Instead of fighting him together, she, like Kenobi escapes, and then she tries to kill Vader by herself after Kenobi escapes? Yeah. Instead of them trying to fight him together, and they probably could have taken him. Yeah. Well, they probably they maybe could have taken him. I don't know how good they would do at taking like Vader and the Grand Inquisitor. Well, we don't know he's there yet. I think Reva would take the Grand Inquisitor, but Vader would get the dub. Yeah. Regardless, part six, Reva arrives on Tatooine to locate Luke. While Vader pursues Kenobi in the path in his Star Destroyer, Kenobi separates from the group so that the path can escape after realizing Vader is only after him. He goes to a nearby planet and fights Vader alone and incapacitates him by damaging Vader's helmet and breathing device. Realizing that Anakin has embraced his identity as Vader, Kenobi leaves. Meanwhile, Reva uh, arrives at Luke's home and confronts Owen and Beru. After subduing them, she, she pursues Luke but eventually returns him to his family after remembering Anakin's master at the Jedi massacre at the Jedi Temple. Liberated from the dark side, uh, Kenobi... <laughs> That's not what it's, You might want to rework that. Liberated from the dark side, Kenobi congratulates her for overcoming her trauma from the past. Oh, she's liberated yes. from the dark side. They fucked it up. That's not how you write that. That's not how you write that. On Mustafar, a healed Vader abandoned his search for Kenobi after his master Emperor Palpatine questions his motives and loyalty. Back on Alderaan, Leia has found new resolve in her duties as a princess. Kenobi visits them and affirms he will help the Organas when needed and bids Leia farewell. Returning to Tatooine, he resolves his conflict with Owen by allowing Luke to have a regular childhood and greets him before venturing into the wilderness. Um, having found his inner peace, he is able to see and speak to the forest ghost force ghost of qui-gon okay so what's let's inner start at peace the end. did he find let's start at the end okay you correctly believed that moments after revenge of the sith mid because there's a cut yeah they cut from polis massa to dropping off the kids you believed that qui-gon spoke or obi-wan spoke to qui-gon in that moment. Correctly, because that is what was established in that film. That's what George Lucas wrote down. Yes. That is what that film portrays. It's, it. You don't see it, I guess. You don't literally actually see it, but it is implied. Um, It's the kind of thing that would never be, just be implied anymore, obviously. Partway through this, I remembered that in episode one, they established he hadn't talked to Qui-Gon. Um... And you did not hold on to that fact, and so no, you. No, I knew that. I thought something. I thought it was because of his like 
his conditions now, and like he had lost his connection oh, okay. because he cut himself off from the force. I thought that that was a new state of affairs, not okay the default. Whereas I was like, oh, it's taken him ten years to learn how to talk to Qui Gon, which then begs the question: Why does it take Obi Wan ten years to learn how to? Once again, Jedi Master, member of the Council, takes him ten years to learn how to talk to Qui Gon. Luke can just do it. Luke just... No thoughts of head empty. <laughs> Easier to channel the force. <laughs> He's playing with an airplane at 19 years old. <laughs> we get an origin story on the toy airplane. That's true. The, the T-14. Um, what... Do you have more about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan? Because um, I was going to talk about a different thing in the same episode. They they've shot it like a post credit scene in a Marvel movie. Yeah, it they like the way they like ride off into the sunset looks like it's going to it's like a sequel hook, which is weird because this is not getting a second season. I don't think they're going to make any more media about Obi Wan's time on Tatooine. He didn't even get Force lightning to become Guinness. <laughs> I thought they were going to age him up using like lightning damage like palpatine so speaking of palpatine why do you think he doesn't want uh vader to go after obi-wan he wants control over him palpatine master planner i don't understand why he doesn't want vader to kill obi-wan why would he want vader to focus on that when he's clearly like shirking other duties to go chase obi-wan okay he wants him to serve him Mm-hmm. He doesn't want the, these things from the past tying him down and distracting him. They yeah, gotta get ready for the Yuzen Vong, remember? <laughs> um, I almost wonder, is it like he's worried about Anakin going back to Obi-Wan? Do you think that's a concern in Palpatine's mind at all? Maybe. Too much contact with Obi-Wan might have some effect. Yeah. Because I was just thinking... Also, it's fucked up that they know Kenobi's alive. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's implied that they don't know Kenobi's alive until he gets to the Death Star. Because he says, A presence I've not felt since... Mapuzo. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I don't know what planet that is. That's not Mapuzo. Because Mapuzo was the slums planet. No, Dai- no Dayu is the slums planet. Mapuzo was the planet with one door. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it was Mapuzo. Maybe they went back to Mapuzo. The duel on Mapuzo. Not clear. Duel on Mapuzo. Skirmish on Mapuzo. Duel on a barren moon, I think, is what you want. What? Go back. The link right under this. Duel on a barren moon. Oh, is this what it's called? Yeah, this is it. What'd you think of this lightsaber fight? It sucked. Obi-Wan does a Dark Souls dodge roll. Twice. Twice. Here's my question. Why is The Last Jedi the only lightsaber fight that's been good in the last ten years? I don't understand the new style. 
I under- they're just shooting it like a normal sword fight. They're not making it a lightsaber fight, you know? I understood the old style of we do not have actors who are trained in fencing. They're just going to kind of go slow and do their thing. And I understood the prequel style of... We've got batons. Ah, fuck it. We're going to CG it in. We're going to choreograph a big dance. Yeah. I don't understand the, the current style of just video games, I guess. There were a lot of really boring moves in these sword fights. A lot yes. of like, oh, you're just going to like whack both sides of his lightsaber real quick and like come around to the other side and whap, whap, whap. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, weird, not very interesting-looking attacks. Or it's like, you could have choreographed this. You could have made something really interesting. You could have shot this in a way that emphasizes, like, okay, Vader's going to fight Obi-Wan with one hand. Right. And we're going to show that hand, and we're going to cut back to it as it, like, moves through the fight. Obi-Wan's dueling with his offhand and kicking Vader's ass. He did the pose, he did the style, so you know what yeah. style, style of lightsaber combat he's doing. Yeah. The Guardian, I think it's Form 5. This is, a, this is, a, okay. So there was like two things I wanted from this. Is like fun Jedi action, and like Vader and Obi-Wan to have a conversation. Okay. Wait, wait sorry, did, did Darth Vader write this? Outcome, draw. <laughs> So, like a sub list under that Darth Vader's incapacitated Obi-Wan Kenobi retreats hold on <laughs> that's not a draw <laughs> did Darth Vader write this <laughs> retreats is strong language retreats doing heavy lifting in that anyway is that what it also says for the duel on Mustafar? Darth Vader's incapacitated. Obi Wan retreats. Um. So, I didn't think the Jedi action stuff was that fun. I didn't think the lightsaber fights were that fun. No, they're just—they're not interesting. They're not doing anything interesting other than putting the lightsaber in a dark room. Something I think about a lot. And even that is like, they're not doing anything with that. Something I think about a lot. Um, the guys who made Monkey Island, which is like a LucasArts game, right? Yeah. Not that I expect this to have any connection to Monkey Island, but there, you know the dueling? Oh, how appropriate you sure, fight like a yeah. cow. They said the inspiration for that is that when you watch old movies, you realize that you're not really watching for the sword fights. You're watching for the dialogue and what, like, things that are being said. Mm-hmm. This was, that was a different time. Because <laughs> Disney offers you ten minutes of sword fight where no character development is, development is happening. And then, like, a 30-second conversation that's really good and then 30 more seconds of like catchphrases and and references what if instead of that like what makes the what makes the revenge of the sith the duel on mustafar spectacle better than the spectacle of disney it's so much grander in scale yeah i think that's part of it's so operatic 
Yeah, the music is blaring. It's not like this. Literally looks real. like a, this. Literally looks like a, a video game boss fight. It's literally like what this looks like. They're afraid. Obi Wan of... stands with his hands to his side. He's like forty five degrees off from T posing, and just hails rocks down at Vader. <laughs> Yes. He does like I said, he does a force unleashed move. Yeah. Um What do you think of the conversation that Obi-Wan and Anakin have after your interminable action scene? I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um they do the thing. Um Obi-Wan hits Vader's helmet with the lightsaber, and so you see like it's like a two faced thing where you see half Hayden and half Vader. Which was, as I'm sure everyone is aware, the original plan for Hayden's return to Star Wars in Episode 7. Hmm. was a Force ghost that was like half light, half dark, and it was like half machine. Mm -hmm. It would visit Kylo Ren. Oh, that would have been sick. But then the move... Like, one of Lucas's parting shots was that uh, dark side users can't become Force ghosts. Oh, right. <laughs> Lucas's weird things right before he left. Like, this was late Clone Wars stuff that, that, like, was grandfathered in. Because, like, it just completely wrecked a bunch of shit nobody cared about, really. Like, really old Sith Lord ghosts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of that kind of gets rewritten as holocrons now. But, um, um, no evil Force ghosts, so they had to axe that idea. Yeah. But the concept art looks sick. Um, what was I going to say? The, um, the duel on a barren moon? Yeah, the everything, like, the start of it, uh, it is, it's fun. It's like, I don't know, it's what you want. It's like, um, Obi-Wan apologizes and Anakin um, doesn't accept it. it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good conversation. And then as it winds down, it's like Obi-Wan calls him Darth. So that it's like when they see each other next time, you know, and like Vader has the high ground. Vader gets the high ground and he stands there looking down the pit at Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, it, um. What am I looking for here? Like, oh, this like ha this like Two Face Anakin yeah. ghost is good. It's good. Um, Alas, thanks, George. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, the duel, duel. Oh, yeah, it gets a little too catchphrasey, and then because it ends bad, I thought about it too much, and I'm like, okay, but, like, what does this add to the story, really? Like, it adds the line where he says, I'm not Anakin, I'm what's left. But and like, then he says, "You, I'm not your failure. Anakin Skywalker is dead, and I killed him. That shit's cool. Hayden sells it. Hayden sells it. But, like, for Obi-Wan's character, basically he says, I have failed you. Then you are lost. I'm walking away now. 
<laughs> and for Hay Hayden gets one more word in, basically. This also means that Obi-Wan finds his inner strength again, which I know we wrote that into this show was a problem. It wasn't a problem before we introduced it, but we fixed that problem, and now he's in a better place to play his role in A New Hope. It's Their characters, like, emotionally, they're no different than where they were at the end of Revenge of the Sith. But Obi-Wan has met both kids, and he has closure on Anakin. He can compartmentalize Anakin as dead and move on. And Did, just, is and this just... all just about enabling his like? I don't, I don't fully see Obi Wan saying your your father was dead. I don't fully see that as a lie. So you're saying from a certain point of view? Yeah, I think Obi Wan is right to say that somewhat. I don't think he's right to say that to a 19 year old who thinks that he's being literal. Okay, fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know he's going to understand it a different way. Yeah. Because you're not explaining what you mean by that when you speak in riddles. Yeah, okay. Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> I guess you should He can write that in his diary all he wants. Um, I'm on the fucking arm of the couch now to get away from your body heat. It's, it's fucking hot, hot in this apartment. Anyway, um, what else we got? Th Damn. That's the best part of the series, and then I thought about it for six seconds, and it's like, so they just ended back where they were? Also, Obi-Wan knows both kids, which is weird. This is the... Well, no, because Leia knows him to send a message to him in the movie. And Luke knows him enough to be like, oh, that old wizard? Yeah. But it's so, weird that Luke doesn't remember Reva at all. <laughs> Luke just does not remember Reva, does not mention her ever... Hey, one time when I was 10, I got chased out into the desert by a woman with a lightsaber. No, honey. It looked a lot like this, but red. Ben, what are you, t what are you not telling me? No, honey. You ran into the desert, and you hit your head. That must have been a dream you had. I remember you running into the desert, but that definitely didn't happen. But... <sighs> um... Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And it's weird that Obi, 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 we're close like that. <laughs> Only one person calls him Obi. Who? Jar Jar. Oh. Um, it's weird that it's weird that he's just like Leia's cool uncle. Yeah. He just knows Leia now. They had a heart to heart a few times, and they had an adventure together. Yeah. Family friend. Yeah. I think that's everything I've got about... Now she looks like Padme. She dresses <laughs> she in the white with the gun. She does kind of look like Padme. I think that's all I've got about this show. Do you have anything else? No? I guess not. Um, we have a couple emails. Let me just... I got Crystal's first, but Crystal was not the first person to email us. Marco. Okay, yeah, Mark was first. So, Mark says, Hello there. What is Obi-Wan like when he gets high? Is the vibe different in his different eras? Um, Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan, stoned as fuck. Yeah, he's already <laughs> high. <laughs> he's a goddamn, like, 
I think he grows. He's he's, he's a took. <laughs> how much how much weed he's smoking? I think he grows his own weed in I the desert, so. for sure. Now, pa- Padawan Obi Wan, Padawan, 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 Padawan Obi Wan, um, is like a narc. <laughs> I think. I Tells think, on other Jedi's yeah, in the dorms. Young Obi Wan is definitely a narc. I remember the way he acted in the Jedi Apprentice books by Jude Watson. And Clone Wars is like, yeah, fuck it. Crystal says, do you think if it really came down to it, and I mean really came down to it, don't bullshit me on this one, could Obi-Wan Kenobi successfully assassinate John Wick Chapter 2? I have not seen John Wick Chapter 2, so I'm just going on my now, knowledge of John if Wick. If you're asking me if Obi-Wan Kenobi could defeat a movie, <laughs> yes, handily. I, I, okay, I gotta be real with you. No, This is no shade to Keanu Reeves' beloved character, John Wick. I do think Obi-Wan Kenobi could kick his ass. <laughs> Yeah, no question. He's got a laser sword. <laughs> you have one you have one card to play and that is who's writing it. Because what happens when a lightsaber blocks a projectile firearm is very different depending on who's writing the story. Mm. Some people will tell you that it just melts the bullet and it still hits you but it's like molten. Some people will tell you that it vaporizes the bullet. You just have to that's the crucial difference here. Also, he wouldn't probably fight him. Yeah. He would find a way to chase him. Because Obi-Wan's <laughs> always getting in chases. <laughs> he loves chasing assassins specifically. He loves chasing men down hallways with lasers. He loves chasing shapeshifters in speeders. And then uh, uh, political idealists on a, in a gunship. And then he also likes, you know, chasing Grievous. With his lizard friend? You know what's better than this entire show? Any Star Wars movie? The one... Not any Star Wars movie. (laughs) Rise of Skywalker is still worse than this. That might be the only one. Anyway. Except uh, Force Awakens is like... Tied. Pardon me. Um, What was I talking about? I yawned so big, I forgot what I was going to say. This is embarrassing. Well, I had said that any Star Wars movie was better than this. You said no. But I had something I was going to say before you distracted me. I was talking about chasings. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. You know, what's, you know what's better than this entire show? What? Is the one scene in Clone Wars when... Um, some guy is pointing a gun at Satine's head, and Obi-Wan doesn't know if he should kill the guy or not. And then Anakin just walks up and ices the dude and doesn't even... (laughs) It's like this big moral quandary, like, Obi-Wan, Satine, you'll be betraying your ideals um, by killing me. What will you do? And Anakin just walks up. (laughs) What? He was gonna shoot you. Yeah. He was armed and dangerous. He was voiced by Greg Proops. He gotta go. Star Wars, Darth Vader. <laughs> anyway, are you excited for the Reva show? Star Wars, Kylo Ren. Vroom. 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 
<laughs> Are you excited for the Reva TV show? You know what I would love? They needed a new character to do a like re- a post-redemption arc TV show with because they're not getting Adam Driver back. I would love the Star Wars Reba TV show. Reba, the country singer who had a sitcom in the 2000s. Star Wars Detours? No. <laughs> Star Wars, huh? Star Wars. I think that he would he would chase John Wick. And um, they would have an altercation. Do you feel more or less hopeful for the future of Star Wars than when you watched Rise of Skywalker? What? Remember the utter despair about the future of Star Wars that you felt. No, that was hollow. I am empty. (laughs) And I will live. Forever. Van Helsing, 2004. Van Helsing is truly one of the greatest movies. <laughs> if I were going to write a list of the 1001 movies you must see before Not you die. Not a single Avengers movie would be on there, first of all. Van Helsing would be on there, but it would be like you have to watch Van Helsing once a year, every year, for 50 years. Anyway. I would... I would like to see Hugh Jackman as a Jedi, though. That'd be fun. So remember the hollow feeling you felt walking out of Rise of Skywalker? It's like they killed him. And you felt like, like oh, it's they not ruined like, Star Wars. It's not like a brand thing. It's just like, they killed Star Wars. They can't make any more Star Wars. They've closed it off, and they fucked it up, and somebody's going to reboot it at some point, but this is the end. So do you feel better or worse now about the future of Star Wars than you did then? Worse. Okay. What if we monetize the rot? <laughs> they can never add anything new to the star to Star Wars again. Like they're doing visions and stuff, but they will. It will take years for them to actually consider like multi-canon storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing reverse Marvel. Yeah, where they're like switching from. Everyone thinks of comic books as like. You know, these things overlap, and sometimes they cross over, and it's all connected if you want it to be, into, we have these movies where, like, coning, coning? Focusing these these things people know into, like, here's a movie, and another movie, and then they cross over, and you just watch them in the order they come out, and it tells a story, so, kind of, between things. And this is, like, the reverse of that, where they're taking... Star Wars has just been movies, mainly. They made a TV show, eventually, that mattered. But primarily, people know the movies. And now we're going to like pluck that rope into strands that are going to come off and like, oh, here's Jedi Fallen Order. Here's, you know, Rebels. In the desert, there's, there was Obi-Wan's saber and he dug it up. Okay. There's the child killer. There's the baby killer. No, not yet. Is the baby killer in the dirt right now? The Yes. Uh, Obi-Wan goes to get his sword. And, and leaves the baby killer. And leaves the baby killer. Right. Reva's sword is, Reva's sword is buried there now? Yes. Um, and then later, uh, Ray will go back to bury the child killer. 
and Leia's lightsaber. And Leia's lightsaber. But she'll bury them where Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru are buried. Yes. Which is also weird. Any other any other lightsabers unaccounted for? Where does Grievous's collection go? I mean, he just lies there on the on the docking platform. And then the planet blows up? I don't know. The planet doesn't blow up. The Empire takes them, probably. They probably end up in the Inquisitorius. Because the clone troopers become the Empire. Hmm. And if they take the stuff off Grievous's body, then that makes its way back to Palpatine. Yeah. Um, anything else? I could talk about Star Wars. You want to talk about Star Wars just generally? I miss it. I miss it. Tired of this fucking camera shake. Yeah, me too. I would like if they made a better show as far as, like, the visual element of it. Can we break it again? Can we start over? Can you ever break Star Wars again, really? Look, here's the devil's bargain I'll take. Okay. We reboot Star Wars. Okay. But it starts with a modern <coughs> remake of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, why the second movie? Because you keep Godzilla rules. You keep the first movie, and then you get to remake other stuff, but that first movie stays as the cornerstone of everything you make. What if you just remade the first movie? You really started from square one. I would hate the other thing more, but sure. Yeah. Do you think that is a realistic thing they could do? Yeah. Every property that we know in our lifetime will be rebooted within 30 years. Yeah. They're, they're going to do another Lord of the Rings. They're going to do another Harry Potter. Star Wars endured with one canon for decades, and Disney... Eh. Well, we've got G canon. <laughs> F canon. <laughs> So, that, I wish they would formalize that. I wish they would come up with a system for like, hey, here's a book that only takes into account original trilogy and prequels. Here's, here's a line. <coughs> this symbol means, you know, all movies. Mm -hmm. You know, one through nine. Mm -hmm. This symbol means, you know, uh, you don't need any of the movies. Mm -hmm. They could do that. Star Wars Ronin. Sure. They could do Star Wars Visions, even. Or, like, um, a thing for, like, each thing in this is disconnected from anything else. It's its own canon. But they could also have, like, hey, what if we made a spinoff that only really took into account Solo and Rogue One? Mm -hmm. Or, like, we took a thread from this and spun it out in its own thing, but it really only matters in the context of... The only, like, Force Unleashed... For example, the only thing it's interacting with is the movies. Yeah. So it would have, that would be like, this is a side story that kind of works on its own in this context, rather than trying to fit in and make everything fit into one big collage. Just be like, each individual thing, this one is marked mm -hmm. with these movies and these movies. And then you could, like, just tell any story you want. Yeah. Here's one for the, e, for the old, for Legends. Here's one for Visions. Here's Star Wars, you know, whatever. I want more of the Star Wars. Mm. Like the comic based on the early drafts of Star Wars. Yeah. I want that kind of thing of like, just make new thing. 
Anyway. I mean, I guess you want to end the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm very sleepy. I had a long day. Mm-hmm. I was listening as best I could, but I'm just, I'm hitting the edge of my... All right. Well, listeners, I'm sure you enjoyed what I was saying. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> tired. You have this to be is, nice to me. You haven't been on this podcast in a while. Yeah. You want to tell people where you're at? Online? You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find all our podcasts by going to exportodd.io. Um, we've got links there to all the free feeds, or for a dollar a month, you can get access to most of the shows early. For $5 a month, you can get Poptown Funk, which is extremely similar to this podcast. Eerily similar. Some might say it's the same damn thing. Some might say. Leave a comment. Or don't. Do you want more export audio? Do you enjoy our flagship podcast? Pop Town kind of just that. <laughs> we kind of only make one podcast. I'm making many podcasts. I'm making many We're not pod- just making podcasts. We're changing lives. All my podcasts are kind of the same. Just about me. You, you talk about a thing. Yeah. It's not really the same. Okay, whatever. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Find me on Twitter at neither Nora. Find stuff I've done at norablake.online. Give us money. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And shout uh, out to the patrons. Yeah. Um. I guess that's it. Uh, what do we say to him? I don't know. Get off your phone and help me sign off this podcast. (laughs) Um, May the force be with you. And also with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Joy Green.